Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham Cricket Club. I'm very pleased to welcome two guests with me this evening. First of all, um, Salman Ali from North London. How are you, Sal? I'm very well, Dan. Thanks. Yeah, good to, good to speak to you again. Looking forward to another good, podcast. Good, yeah. yeah, yeah, another week. Plenty more to talk about. Um, and also uh, with us tonight from Acton, um, Sahil Care. Um, Sahil, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me in the podcast. Well, thanks for coming on board. I should say this is actually, um, I guess, all three of us contribute in different ways. Um, uh, all, all three of us contribute in exactly the same way, actually, in that we write reports for the County League website. Uh, so Hill takes on Division 3, uh, I take on Division 2, and um, Sal takes on Division 1. Um, so if you want to read more about um, our musings, then they're normally on the website um, on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday of every week. So um, so do look those up. Um, before we get on to Acton, though, Sahil, going to start where we normally start, and that's with the, the Premier Division. Sal, what do we need to know about um, last week? Bit of rain about, right? Definitely some rain about with some games being affected in terms of um, completion, which was obviously an example of Finch and Crouchend, who didn't play without a ball being bowled, so that was abandoned early on. Where was that, Sal? Out of interest, was that, was that at Crouchend, right? No, that that was at Finchley. Was it Finchley? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not exactly sure what type it was called off, but um, I am aware that I think Crouchend did get there, but there was told to be no play at all. So that was a match abandoned or match cancelled, I imagine. So yep. the game obviously which stood out the most was obviously Ealing and Hampstead top of the table clash. I mean, Ealing are definitely on a roll at the moment with a very narrow window by three wickets against Hampstead. Uh, Hampstead gave it a good, good shot in, in, in second innings where they, they was trying to um, defend the 109, which I was bowled out for, but in the end, Ealing just got home. I will give a mention to uh, one of the debutants this, this season, a young lad called Juan Henry, who scored 25 for Ealing, which is obviously in the context of the game was a very good innings. And he took Robbie White's place from what I saw, who was very unfortunate today not to get 100 for Middlesex against Kent, being mm-hmm. um, wicket of the old stage of Stevens, unfortunately. But, it's eight hundred. Um, yeah, so it's eight hundred or, or something like that. He's got he's got a crazy number of wickets now, hasn't he, Stephen? I don't know, but he yeah. Yeah, he just keeps performing, doesn't he, week in week out? And Robbie unfortunately fell short ninety nine today, but I'm sure he'll get more opportunities and you know get that elusive ton for Premier Six eventually. So uh, so Ealing, yeah, and I think also probably knocks Hampstead out of the race from what it sounds like. You know, to lose more than two and win the league or the titles is going to be a hard ask. So with you know with the games you have left, I think Hampstead's probably got quite a hard ask in terms of getting close to winning the sides you can actually catch them potentially are last year's champions North Middlesex who seem to be hitting some form now at the moment with a with a comfortable well not I would say I mean it looks comfortable on paper but it wasn't probably so easy against Bronsby who 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 sort of crawled their way to 168 off their 50 overs it seems like spin was definitely the order, order of the day on a wicket that was taking lots of turn uh, North Mid employed two leg spinners and an off spinner to restrict them and then uh, I mean Talking about Middlesex, a young guy who must be on their radar now must be Luke Holman, who must be sort of wondering what does he have to do to maybe get into that squad because he performs week in, week out in, in our league, which is obviously, you know, some kind of a benchmark sort for, for their for their management team to be looking at. And on Saturday, he, he performed yet again, scoring 86 not out as they chased Bronze's total down with the loss of only three wickets. I mentioned for um, a young lad, James Overy obviously mentioned two, three weeks ago on, on the podcast about some of the young players and one of those young players, a kid called Nathan Fernandez, who I think came from South Hampstead, uh, scored 49 in their innings. So, um, yeah, shout out to him. 
Uh, Tenerton also, they'll probably have hopes of uh, catching Ealing if possible. And they were, again, comfortable winners uh, at, against the Bush, winning by 124 runs, which is probably down to a last uh, wicket stand for Tenerton, where the last pair added 47, which took him up to a total which was beyond the reach of Bush's Tenerton spinners and seam bowlers got to work. And obviously, um, your guys again, Dan Richmond, um, sorry, hosted Richmond. Um, again, it was, it seemed, I mean, I, I was watching some of it on Saturday, following some of it on, on Pitch Vision. And it, I mean, when you had Scott Newman and, and Don Manuel Jane, you looked like you had a good opportunity of maybe chasing down that total and um, potentially winning the game. But it's just, you know, to scourge of Twickenham was Adam London yet again. You know, they have that whole saying. So we have to talk about him. We have nightmares about that man. <laughs> yes. I've done some digging on him and some research on, on his stats and now sort of saying horses for courses. I think Adam had another chance to play at a club. I think he'd join you guys probably in the future because he's played against you for Sunbury or, or Twickenham um, or Richmond in sort of friendlies or, or league cricket or cup matches. Played against you seven times and he averages 147.5, which is not too bad, of which three are centuries and, and 250. So as I said, if he had the chance to play anywhere else, I'm sure he'd be Join up with you guys. Oh, I think he'd go the other way, though, wouldn't he? He wants to play against us. So, <laughs> and and, and it... Might, might, it could be the wicket. Well, I mean, he, he's certainly been prolific. I have to say, he's been very, very consistent over a long period of time against us. And you know, first-class cricketer. He's he, he's a he's a good player. He's a good player. Well, it's what you want, don't you, from your guys who play that level to actually make a difference. And and also with the ball, actually, it took four for forty. So they had a very good all-round game in terms of uh, getting Richmond home and. In the end, again, it was you know as, as I said earlier on, he he was with his innings of eighty seven. He's he set the he set the sort of stall for Twick, sorry, uh, Richmond to set a competitive total of two three seven for six. And then when Newman got forty nine, it was down to Don, and Don unfortunately ran out of partners yet again, and he was stranded seventy five. I mean, as, I, as I've mentioned this before, he's a class act, isn't he? Uh, yep, he consistently scores around. He's, he's he's got shots around the wicket, and he's you know he's he's. Unfortunately, he's had no real sort of support in building the partnership. But I'm sure when that day does come, Twickenham will be hopefully celebrating a win. And, yeah. um, well, the Saturday always tell, tell you the exact story, do they? But before Saturday, um, Don Manuel G and Ben Lil Green were the third and fifth top scorers in the Premier League. And uh, we, of course, are bottom. So I think that tells you a little bit about what the rest of the batting's not doing. Um, and uh, that's that's a pretty pretty simple equation. We need to just contribute a bit more around those two guys. Now Ben didn't get any on Saturday. Our captain Bell Neil Green, but Don did. Um, so we, I think we got close, but ultimately fair play to Richmond. They were they were very good in the field um, on our um, glass like outfield uh, that, that never bobbles ever, uh, and and they they didn't get anything wrong. Um, and I, I was very impressed. I, th- I think it was a good game of cricket. Um, ultimately, we were probably a bit closer to them than 51 runs might suggest, but doesn't really matter much. Uh, we, we didn't get it. So uh, another week uh, where we're looking for that first win. I was going to ask you about um, anybody catching Ealing there, Sal. I mean, Ealing, what? They're 10 points clear. Now, 10 points doesn't sound like um, a long way, but you'd be a, you'd be taking a risk if you bet against them, wouldn't you? Even though Teddington and North Middlesex are very good sides. Can you see anybody really catching them up? I mean, the, the final fixture, obviously... They have Richmond away this weekend. I mean, Richmond have won in their last two games. So, you know, they'll, they'll be up for it. They'll be competitive. They're just a side who love winning, don't they? And they have strong sides out. You know, they don't seem to lack in terms of availability. They can bring in players if they if they lose someone from the team, such as Robbie White on Saturday. And they've got a young lad in who's had a very good first first game for, his, for, for the first team. 
So in a, in, a, in a word, I'm going to say no, having said they'll get beat last week. So I have to sort of change my mind on them and say, I think, you know, it'll be a job and a half to catch them in terms of... Well, I say that is that they do, they do have some tough games to play still as well. So, uh, you know, anything could happen, but they're definitely in the box seat and looking at the side who, who everyone has to sort of beat to essentially beat the champions this season. What's, what stands out for me, actually, um, was... And I know teams have had sort of different views in promotion, relegation, etc. But um, it's nice to see, um, and I think you guys alluded to this a second ago, but uh, the number of youngsters who are getting games. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, Nathan Fernandez at Bronsbury. He he came via Harrow, uh, where he played last season, and we played against him, and he just looked like a class player waiting for an opportunity. And it's, it's really good to see him getting that chance at, at Bron and and the other other sort of bowling attack that caught my eye was actually uh, Shepherd's Bushes because they've got three young seamers. So obviously, Sam Howell ended up taking a few wickets, but they have three young seamers who are sort of all 17 and 18 bowling rapid. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really good to see that uh, maybe the, the structure of the season has meant more and more people are getting chances. I think that's right, Sahil. I think that's right. And in every challenge lies an opportunity, no? So I think a lot of clubs... All up and down the league are, are finding that they're giving younger cricketers a go. And um, I spoke to the guys at Wembley, obviously in your division, uh, Sahil, this week, and they said the same. You know, it brings with it challenges. They're not, they're not going to win that many games, but um, by the looks of it, they've got one or two guys who are, who are making pretty decent progress and they're making quicker progress than they would otherwise have done had this been a, 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 in inverted commas, normal season. Sal, I was going to ask you about the coming week then. So you, you mentioned Richmond v Ealing. Any other games that particularly catch your eye there um, anything we need to look out I mean, for they all sort of feature top sort of versus top half versus bottom half so you'd, you'd, you'd be thinking that Ealing shouldn't get too far away if, if, if results go to sort of plan Richmond at least would play in Ealing so Tennington will fancy the chances at home against Bronsbury who, who get to win and Northumber Texas are hosting new guys again so they'll be confident of a, of a victory and then also Hampstead playing Finchley again Home side must be favourites on paper there, but all it's a sort of local derby, so so who knows anything could happen. And then Crouch and entertain the bush, and both will again. I mean that that could probably be the sort of closest fixture on paper in terms of um, how how it fares. But yeah, as I said, top half playing bottom half, you'd expect the top guys to continue winning and, and sort of keep some stacking away eating, and hopefully make it more of a, um, a final few weeks and where we have some really sort of exciting games. And the league's decided in the last week rather than three weeks to go. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the Crouchen Shepherds Bush game. I remember the last game that Crouchen played at home against Teddington, and I think it was 180 runs scored all in. Uh, the track took a lot of turns, so I, so I hear. Uh, I wasn't there, but so I hear. So I'm quite intrigued to see whether whether it's a similar sort of track this time round. I guess we've had a bit of rain since since then, so there should be a bit more grass around. But I, I'm intrigued to see whether it's another low scoring affair or, or, or whether we get rather more runs on the board. So um, I'll certainly keep an eye on, on that one myself. Um, moving down, Division 2, um, I guess, Sahil, we should come to you here. Um, not the greatest day at the office for Acton, but um, you've had a good season, right? And, and am I right in saying the defeat at Stanmore was your first defeat of the season? Um, it was, yeah. Um, not not the best day at the office, uh, to be honest. We, we, were, we were slightly undercooked on the day and it was one of those days where you, you t- we turned up it was soggy. Um, their groundsman didn't want a game on. Um, their skipper Tush was was keen, but um, but realistic. But but somehow we stuck at it and managed to get a game. Which um, really credit to all, all all the players and and the umpires who were sort of 
a sort of in that positive mindset of we've got uh, nine games a season, let's make the most of it. Um, and in hindsight, maybe you know, if we were if we were being tactical, you sort of settle for a point against your nearest rivals and uh, and take mm. it. But uh, you know, uh, I'm but in in a season like this, I'm just I'm, I'm glad we got a game on. And uh, and to be honest, it was a game we needed. Um, we, we, as, as you said, we had we we've we've won a game so far, um, and uh, as as sort of Crouch End have shown, uh, when you come up from Div Three, you do carry quite a lot of momentum, and you sort of get used to winning games, uh, a loss of games, uh, and and we sort of carried that momentum in into the season. And um, Hornsey last week was uh, was our sort of toughest game on paper at, at that stage, and we sort of. Uh, one that uh, far easier than we expected we would. Uh, and so the confidence was high, and, and I think Stanmore just were far better than us on the day. Uh, we, we had some tricky conditions up top, and you know, ball was seeming around, and nothing, uh, not many easy runs to score off. But uh, we, we didn't really, we didn't battle enough, I think, um, and then um, didn't, didn't really bowl very well at the start, and they they sort of. Uh, Took off and uh, with, a, with, a, with a, got off to a flyer, and then we never really uh, got back into the game. So uh, f- full credit to them, and 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 to be honest, if if we want to be there or thereabouts next season, Stanmore are going to be somewhere there, and or we're going to have to find ways to beat teams like that. I was going to ask you about that. So you mean you obviously we're just over halfway through the season. You've played five of the other sides. They're the best side you've played, are they, or or, or is that? Is is that sort of um, a bit too simplistic? No, I, I think that's fair to say. I ju- I just think um, a they've got sort of high availabilities, and 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 I know they've lost a couple of players, but they've sort of reinforced. And it was one of those sides where you look at one to eleven, and you don't really see um, any weak links, which you certainly get in Div Three, and at least in this is a couple of the early games we've played this season, we we spotted weaknesses and been quite ruthless. Uh, whereas it was going to be much harder. Uh, yeah, I, I I think they are the strongest team in the division. We haven't seen Harrison Marys yet, but I imagine they they mm. won't be far off. So so that, that's sort of the standard for us, really. Yeah, and I'm guessing Hornsey, who you mentioned that you played last week, they they got a bit of pace about them, haven't they? Um, in the bowling attack, Jack Bruce, you know. Yeah, I mean, on on paper, I think that their seam attack is is probably the best in the division. Um, but I mean, I think we had the benefits of maybe not having a track last week that suited them. Uh, but but, mm-hmm. but I think I mean, if if we're looking at this season and this season alone, um, they are a strong side, and and the good thing for us is that they they will take points of other teams. So sort of we're glad to have them uh, behind us now, and then uh, and. Hopefully they can go and, and and harm teams because I think they're very very capable of that, especially with sort of quite a dangerous top three and then their four seamers. Mm. Yeah, that that sounds very much in line with what I've heard from elsewhere. Um, and and what about your background then? So you, how long have you been at Acton? Um, and wh- wh- where were you before? What, what what's your sort of history in the game in Middlesex? So um so I, I moved to London in 2014 from 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 Bombay, uh, where, where I grew up, and then. Um, as as you do, didn't know very much about the setup, and then uh, I was sort of northwest London at that stage, and then found my local club, which was South Hampstead, um, and played as the overseas there effectively on kill, and uh, and I still shout about this from the rooftops, uh, decrying the unfairness, but I was dropped for an ex Indian international, um, uh, <laughs> so so um, so it was sort of a oh hang on I've got a I've got a I've got a league hundred why am I getting dropped and then sort of he went yeah. on and averaged about. 18 the four games or five games that he did play um but no i mean so i started off at south Hampstead and 
uh, you know, lovely club. And I'm really glad to see that they've uh, sort of picked up the pieces after what looked like a rough few years and have, have clawed their way back and are actually looking quite dangerous in Div 3. Um, but it was one yeah, season there. They're looking up, yeah. for sure. Exactly. Third and looking up and some really talented young players and, and fair play to them. And But it was sort of at the end of the season, um, I was maybe looking for a club. Uh, it's a little, little, little bit more social. Um, and then um, got got a message out of the blue from Alex Brennan um, to just to see whether I fancied playing Div 2 cricket because Acton got promoted that season. Um, and I uh, very much fancied that and, you know, sort of have moved, moved to... Moved Slightly more local anyway, and then happened turned up at Acton and have never left. So um, yeah, and, and it's been a, it's been a great club for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I always find Acton great to play against, and certainly a club with um, lot, lots of really social people. I remember the Acton tour is always a thing of beauty. In inverted commas, you know, it's always something <laughs> the Acton guys talk about. So I can, I can imagine the social side is uh, <laughs> it, it is very strong, and and on the field the club's pretty strong, right? I mean, it looks to me like all of your and that's not just because your force bowled off fourth side for 25 this a week but across the board they're doing really well right yeah exactly i think i think it's um so uh, as, as i think uh, a lot of visitors have, have noticed we don't at, at this at the moment have a clubhouse but um I, but we've had lots of positive news on it in the last couple of weeks so all, all uh we're hoping that we'll be up and running next season with a brand new clubhouse but what the last two or three years of sort of change have done is really sort of brought the club a lot closer and we thought one of the big impacts would be on recruiting because, frankly, why would you come to a club which doesn't have a clubhouse? Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think we've managed, in fact, the last three or four years have been some of our uh, best years in terms of recruitment. And, and this summer, uh, sorry, this winter just gone and in particular has been uh, quite kind to us with uh, people moving in the area, friends of friends. And we've just got four really settled sides Um Lots of players who played first team cricket last year playing in the threes, for example. I mean, so it, uh, a lot of egos to massage, but uh, but a very happy squad at the moment, and I think that's that's showing on the on on the pitch. Well, I think that, that again that goes with the territory, doesn't it? When sides do well, that that people think they should na- naturally be rewarded for their performances, and and it's a balancing act that every successful club will recognise. You don't want people who are satisfied with not doing well, do you? You want people who want to uh, improve. But- with within uh, reason abs- um <laughs> absolutely and I, I think that's been one of the interesting transitions for us because we've always said we want we want and, and i think the second team's a good barometer because they were in the premier league for 10 years in a row uh or yeah, the two premier league which yeah. which and i think there'll be lots of people who'd admit that we were punching above our weight and you know that was that was brilliant uh but we always knew we needed to sort of be a more sort of self some more sustainable model and have proper strength and, and, and our and our twos this season are, are just ridiculously strong and I think they're probably the only team in uh, I think potentially the only team in Middlesex across all all teams, all divisions who've played five one five. Um Sorry, managed Sahil. to sneak in there's a result two. in the ring. There's two. Ah, Wickermouth seconds have got fifty as well. Yeah, there's but they're the only ah. two. I happened to look at that the other day. So there's only two of that and that's a brilliant record. Play five one five. Fair play. Who's the skipper of the two season? Is uh, still Dan Waddell, who's who's been skipper uh-huh. for uh, nearly a decade, and sort of is is really is, is, he's just the most brilliant cricketing mind and just the best personality to lead 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 that two side and 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 it's quite it's quite good that we've got now sort of all our fifteen sixteen year olds starting to play in the twos and make a couple of ones appearances and and yeah it just it feels like more sustainable as opposed to 
you know, you lose a player here and then, and suddenly you're scrambling to mm. find someone in the two. So, um, yeah, good, good signs on and off the field at the moment. Yeah. Impressively grumpy on Twitter as well, Dan Waddell, I always find. Excellent value, <laughs> but I, institutionally grumpy. It's brilliant. I, 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 I'm a great I fan think, of Dan. I think, I think he, wears, he wears his Yorkshireman uh, badge with, with a great amount of pride is all I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can follow that one. I can follow that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I was going to ask you about something else real quick. Um, and, and Sal, I'd be interested to get your take on this. Obviously, Rain, Rain joined us again um, at the weekend and, and there was one game in the top flight rained off without a ball being bowled. And the further you go down, the more games that you find didn't take place. And, and it, I always find this quite frustrating. Cricket and rain weren't meant to, to, to be common brethren. It, whatever you do when it rains, it's a bit of a nightmare because it just never seems fair to somebody. Um, and, I mean, we have this question about what we should do in those situations. And if you look at the results from the weekend in your division Sahil then there's going to be a few people who might well be a bit a bit grumpy about the way that um that, that things panned out I mean Hornsey were well on the way to getting 10 points against Winchmore Hill Winchmore Hill's got 190 uh for six and Hornsey were 121 for one but they'd only faced 18.2 overs so um of course, you know, that means that there's no game. They have to get one point each. One of those things, of course, you can't do much about it. But there was another game that caught my eye, and that involved Enfield. You know, Enfield struggling a bit, and they're playing Harrison Marys, who are not struggling a bit. They're, they're a good side, as you, as you inferred before. So Harrison Marys, 2 4 7 for 5. And Enfield were 92 for 1 off 21. So um, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Enfield got a good base there. They might be able to go on and really challenge Harrison Marys, but of course, it rained, and Harrison Marys' run rate was better than Enfield, so they get the, the 10 points. Duckwood Lewis, of course, um, is used in the top flight, um, but it's not used elsewhere, and there's been discussions about using it elsewhere. Do you think it should be, Sahil? Do you see that as the way forward, or do you think it might bring with it extra complications? Because, of course, somebody has to oversee this. Somebody has to make sure that Duckwood Lewis is understood by everybody. What, what would your position on that be? Are you a fan? Um, I think I'm personally a big fan. I think... I think... Um, Duckwood Lewis, for for all its flaws, is 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 the fairest system of of assessing where a team should be at, and I think Enfield's a is a cracking example of uh, of 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 a scorecard that looks like they're behind the ball, but with nine wickets in hand, um, you sort of almost back them to chase that two forty yard, um, and I, and I think if, if there will be some administrative hassles, but I think with technology the way it is, with um, Duckwood Lewis available on apps. Um, that you know, for example, an umpire could have a tracker of it, or your scorer could be tracking it and sort of putting uh, the score on 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 the scoreboard or shouting it out at the end of the over. I think there are workarounds, and, and I, my my personal view on it is that fairness should um, sort of dictate that it's introduced, even if there is a, a level of administrative hassle, and especially with sort of clubs. I mean, I'm looking down our division in the Premier Division. I think about ten of the twenty clubs already have sort of it's streaming technology, and I mean, including us, and 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 I know Twickenham as well. And you know, if mm. if you've got all of that technology in place, I I don't think it can be that hard uh, to ensure that you've got Duckworth Lewis as well. But maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking from uh, a position of knowing that someone will sort it out at Acton, uh, which other clubs may not have the benefits of necessarily. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment because we we were a bit worried about it. We can I be honest because we we just weren't quite sure that that we had all the pieces in the right in the right places. But it transpires that that that, that it you know there's a way where there is a will, there is a way normally with these things, and we managed to get it after every over. You get the pass score on our 
our, our scoreboard, which, you know, it's a bit fiddly, but once you get into it, cricket's a fiddly thing, though. Isn't cricket fiddly from start <laughs> to finish? Everything about cricket's fiddly. So so I, I definitely think it's a decent idea. And, and the reason I mention it with Enfield is, of course, the run rate issue is traditionally seen as benefiting the team batting second because they know what they've got to do. And, and they sort of know what the run rate is and they can try and keep ahead of it. Whereas Enfield lost on Saturday uh, to Harrison Marys because they were way behind Harrison Marys' rate. But under Duckworth Lewis, they'd have won because their past score, because they'd only lost one wicket, was 88. Um, and they were on 92 for one. Now, they probably wouldn't have known this and they didn't need to know it because Duckworth Lewis wasn't in the game. But I thought it was quite interesting. Duckworth Lewis would have given them an awful lot of benefit from having a solid base to, to, to build on. But, you know, if, if it's not in the game, then it doesn't matter. But I think there's a case There's a case for, for, for thinking about it. Sal, what do you make of this? Are you a Duckworth Lewis fan? I mean, listen, I'm listening to you, so I'm definitely on, on going side of, of using it because, as Sir Hills mentioned, technology is definitely coming more and more into the game. I can imagine in five years' time, most clubs having some kind of live scoring system taking place maybe less than that who knows but you know i mean you go into the, the website or the county league and you can get the scores updated regularly or at least probably nine to ten games so if that's how we're going to go then why not embrace all, all the aspects of technology and that includes duckworth lewis as well i think that's yeah. that's the way to go personally well i'll tell you what we can do guys we can get another member of twickenham cc on who's just joined us this year a guy called nick westgarth whose uncle i think it is is mr lewis um, wow. the, the late Mr. Lewis, he died in, in about three or four months ago. But yeah, so we've we got a family member of the Duckworth Lewis. And it's not just Duckworth Lewis anymore, is it, guys? It's Duckworth Lewis Stern? Is that Stern? Right? I think it's Stern. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, it's definitely Duckworth Lewis something else. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we, we've even got, um, got a relative of Mr. Lewis who's joined us. So perhaps it might be one of those things that's the last thing on earth he wants to talk about. But, um, but yeah, we've got somebody who's quite close to the guy who invented this. Um, a discussion that can go on and on. Um, I was going to talk about the other the other divisions. Sal, was there anything that caught your eye in Division Three or Division Four, or was it was, did the Rangers blow everything away? No, I think there was a fair amount of games that took place in, in Division Three. A team that's catching my eye at the moment is Southgate, who seemed to be on a good run and sort of just under the radar in the league table. But they've got a very yeah. Good Tom Edwards got a hundred, didn't he? I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, and they've got Ash, Ash has come back from Ashley Virage has come back from Ealing, so he's obviously going to be a, a very useful bowler at that level. They've got a very sort of balanced attack, some good steam bowlers and good good um, spin bowlers and also some very experienced crickets within their team who obviously still play, you know, some good cricket. So I think they're definitely a team to look out for and who mm-hmm. could definitely challenge come the end of the season. I very much, very much, very much second that. Uh, we played them last season and you could see that there were half their side was definitely still sort of Premier League quality players there. Um but they did, did seem to lack maybe a spinner. And uh, I was surprised um, to see Ashley's name on there last week. And I think he could be uh, the missing piece in their puzzle because they're still a very good side, full of very, very good cricketers. And if if they can go on a run, I think I think they'll be right up there this season and next season. And I think have North London played them yet, Sal, or not? No, I know you've got Southampton to play this week, which could be an interesting game because they're third, yes, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. So uh, North London's sort of season will be defined in the next four games because we, we have to play Southampton, Barnes, Southgate and Wickham House. I'm not sure which order, but they're the, they're the four sides below mm. them or around them. So, you know, they, they've sort of played the sides towards the end of the, of the table who you should expect to beat. And now they've got the real meat on the bones to contend them now. So that would be interesting to see how they fare. So with all these sort of games where teams who are quite close to playing each other, we should have some really fascinating games coming into the sort of last month of, of the season, which should, you know, decide who actually just find champions come. Is it September, mid-September, I imagine, we're finishing? 
Mm, that's right, 12th September. I mean, I guess with a shortened season, it, it, it becomes that way, doesn't it? You know, one, one, two wins on the bounce and all of a sudden your season looks totally different. So um, pre-programming in exciting cricket here, which, um, which has got to be good. Um, anything in Division 4, Sal, that caught your eye there? There's one or two bits that I picked up, but anything that you noticed? Oh, just that's how Hamlet's keep on keep on performing. I mean, they're definitely a side you've taken to. It was a slow start, but they're definitely on a roll in terms of their senior cricket at the moment. I know we spoke about their twos who love scoring runs on a Saturday, but their second, sorry, their, their first team have also managed to sort of get the winning trail going. And we'll come to it later on in terms of the League Cup, but they're they're definitely mm-hmm. a side who I think who have now adapted to 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 the new sort of format they might have to play, and they they had a comfortable win on Saturday against. Ealing, Ealing Hanwellians winning by 53 runs. So I'm interested to see how they fare for the rest of the campaign. Yep, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and they are one to watch. We'll come back to them in a minute, won't we? I know it's SKLP in a, in a very close um, encounter with Headstone Manor. Um, SKLP 155 for nine off their 45. Headstone Manor gave it a, a, a mighty good go, but they were just 10 short in the end, 145 all out. So SKLP are, are top of the pile with, with 32 points, just one ahead of Actonians with Ealing Trailfinders um, in in four in, in third, sorry, and Ealing Trailfinders scored a few runs. Uh, did you notice that one, Sal? Did you just yeah, did three hundred and ten? Yeah, quite a big score. Yeah, not that it mattered much. Stoke Newington seventy three for four off eleven, so uh, one point each. Thanks very much. So three hundred and ten, all, all to all to no avail. Well, that's 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 cricket and rain again, isn't it? Um, sometimes these things happen. Um, I was going to sort of just ask you again, Sahil, about, about the rest of the, the Acton side. So Acton 2's doing very well. We've said that, 50 points. The 3's and the 4's, um, what, what, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? I guess all of them are going for the title, right? Um, very much so. And, I'm, and, and um, uh, someone might be having words with me if I suggested otherwise. I think they're very, two very, very competitive sides. The, the 4's sort of promoted uh, the start of the season um, by default, actually, uh, although they deserve to get promoted a couple of years ago, but I won't go into that. Um, and and mm. and our, our threes uh, dropped down actually, uh, but they're just they're very good sides in that in that division, and they seem to be keeping up with them. They both had close ones on Saturday. Um, I'm told mm. the fours in particular had quite a dramatic finish where um, they bowled out all their their sort of first five bowlers and had to turn to their sixth or seventh bowler to defend eighteen um, with the first three balls disappearing for six four and four um nice and it, oh. and it and it looked very much like uh game over uh until he uh until our, until our seventh bowler managed to uh, bowl two in the block hole uh to finish the game off by three runs i think um and, and our, that's and our a dictionary definition a, of strength in depth that is when your seventh bowler comes <laughs> in and bowls Yorkers are the dead. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it was only his uh, first game for the club, so I think, or second game for the club, so I think it was a surprise for everyone. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the threes lost a close one against, uh, I think, table topping Highgate. Highgate, um, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, but I, I think uh, they were encouraged by the fact that they sort of went toe to toe with them, and um, and I think they felt they should, they could have, could have, and should have won, but didn't feel well enough. Uh, but but I, I think positive signs um, for our threes and fours today. They're sort of mixing, uh, mixing with the sort of top table, and and hopefully that's where they'll be at the end of the season as well. Yeah, I mean the fourth team are in a peculiar league, aren't they? Because they're in Division Four of the third tier, and there are only eight teams in it this year because two are, are, have opted not to not to compete. And it's definitely the closest of any of the divisions in the county league because you've got Hampstead Fifths who are top with 23. 
And of course, they're, they're the, the side that you beat on Saturday, 211 for nine versus 200, 208 for eight. Sounds like a right knicker gripper. Um, but they got 23 with SKLP, 23. Chen 3s have got 22, and then you guys have got 21. So, you know, you can throw a blanket over all four of those sides. Um, and, you know, we've, we've only got, what have they got? They've got, eight, seven, they've got three games left. As, as you say, this, 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 the, slightly, the slightly strange structure of the season means that uh, you can have weeks when uh, one or two teams aren't playing. So, you, you know, you can jump up and down the table quite quickly uh, if, if one of the teams sort of ahead of you isn't playing. So I think that it actually adds an added, uh, added dimension of drama. Maybe, maybe, maybe something to take across all the leagues, eh? Well, there's something in that. Cause I, I did look at Twickenham Forza in this and we're, we're three points behind Perivale, but we've got two games in hand. Um, and you know, I'm not used to having league cricket where you've got two games in hand. But yeah, um, but yeah it, it does add an extra dimension of drama. Um, that's for sure. But also loads of close games there. And it, it's great to see you know, the, these close games of cricket. Because if, if I had one major criticism of win-lose cricket is that you can have an awful lot of games that are not close. An awful lot of games where it's sorted out a long time before the end of the game. And you can't say that about acting on Saturday, can you? Lots, lots of um, exciting stuff to keep us busy. Sal, I was going to come to you about League Cup action. There was a bit of it on Sunday. Uh, can you talk us through it? Yeah, we had a reasonable amount of games finished off and played on, on yesterday. So, League Cup 1, we have three of the four semi-finals decided as um, Bronsbury beat Stanmore and they will now play against... Uh, sorry, they'll, they'll, now they'll play against the North Middlesex who come to come, come um, um, against Finchie and won quite easily. And the other semi-final will be Ealing We'll play the winners of obviously Twickenham and Tennant, which was which was mm. rained off after after the first innings. So some some good games to look forward to. And then in in terms of League Cup two, I know we've spoken about um, the weather conditions. And so North London played Hornsey, and I watched some of it yesterday. And we definitely got the better of that situation in terms of Hornsey batted first. There was several delays, so our revised target was chasing 125. Of 25 hours with 10 wickets at hand. So, you know, we've spoken about the D- DLS and that mm. in that situation, they would have made that a much bigger total and more of a fair game. I mean, we scraped home with some fair play to Hornsey, who are quite a young side and really gave it a roll. But again, that, you know, that situation there where we're talking about sort of changes in terms of how rain affected games are managed, that's a great example there where the, the team batting second definitely got the better of the, of, of the rules. As I said, chasing 125 of 25 hours with all, wickets in, with all 10 wickets in hand is definitely. A positive in terms of rather than being a negative and as I said Tower Hampshire I mentioned earlier on who are definitely the dark horse of the season they've actually haven't beaten the Hills team earlier in the season um, took, up, took on another side who are ranked higher than them in all play in a higher division and beat Wickham House today so they'll be coming to North London in, I think in a week or, or two weeks time to play a semi-final and then we have from the other half Winchmore Hill who have already gone through now I'm not sure if the Enfield Harrow game was played but it seemed to have been played from what I've got in front of me so Maybe that game will take place on Sunday. So we've got Horns, North London playing Tower Hamlets and Winchmore Hill to play either Enfield or Harrow in the League Cup 2. Good stuff. I mean, a fair point about the Duckworth-Lewis and and, uh, and it's just really unfortunate if you're batting first in those circumstances. It, it's, a, it's a strong case for the defence of Duckworth-Lewis, that's for sure. Um, for Tower Hamlets, I mean, these cups are great for, for sides slightly lower down the pyramid, aren't they? To, to show what they can do. And, and, and I'm guessing they'll be coming to North London. Is the game at North London? Against yeah, so we're, Hamlet, we're hosting. Yeah, we're hosting. Mm-hmm. I think I think it actually been told it might be the 30th, but that's not confirmed yet. So 
that should be so a bank holiday weekend. Yeah, so that'd be definitely a game to look forward to. There's a bit of an unknown quantity, really, aren't they, in terms of we don't know much about them in terms of having seen their players play, but obviously they're they're a fair side and they give it their all and they can they can they're gonna definitely come to our ground and you know make us sort of fight for that final place. Good to see what Cup Creek's all about, right? Definitely. You know, playing side you wouldn't necessarily play, we're gonna gonna might cause you a few different sets of problems. Super. Guys, as ever, just just throw this open. Um lots of other stuff that we could potentially mention in terms of um, what's been happening in and around Middlesex. Al, did you have anything you want to throw in before we round up? Yeah, I just want to mention actually the Middlesex participation team at, at Middlesex itself who, who run the recreational side of cricket within, within, within the county. They've done a fantastic job this summer. You know, we're looking at six to eight weeks ago, we're having no cricket played at all. And we've got a lot of young players who obviously had quite a tough time in terms of, you know, being in lockdown and finding other things to do and not playing their favourite sport. But they've been they've been amazing. You know, we've had four sort of separate competitions run this season where we've got young players, or you know, both male and female, able to play some cricket. So we have the under-19 T20 Cup, which has been taking place this season, Middlesex Youth Cup, um, obviously the MDL, which is also coming to its somewhat final stages. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, with the women's side of the game as well. So that's all down to the guys at Middlesex for great um, participation who have put all these, these competitions on. And I think as a county, we are obviously someone to look up to because I'm not sure how many other counties have been as, as progressive as we have, uh, given people who obviously can play and want to, want to play cricket this season, chance to play some sort of formal, structured and sort of, you know, competitive as in, as in some kind of tournament or league format. This season, so well done to those guys. I think they deserve a you know a big round of applause and a pat on the back from the, the you know everyone who, who's who's been helped out by them this season in terms of playing cricket. Very fair comment, and certainly, I, I mean, I, I was I noticed this the amount of cricket that's being played this evening when um, an email went round the Twickenham guys about arranging a net on on Twickenham Green, and the first evening we've got where there's no um, junior games, no T20, um, is the 31st of August. Um, because there's cricket on every night, whether it's women's T20, whether it's one of our junior sides, whether it's something else. Uh, and I think that's, that's impressive. We've not had a lot of time here to get loads of cricket in. And, uh, and the Middlesex Participation guys have, have organised this. They're focusing people's thinking on it. And um, we're also getting more juniors in our senior sides than normal, Sal, because they've not had any cricket in, in May and June. Yeah. Uh, and they've, all, you know, they've not really gone on holiday this year. So it's actually been quite good for us in getting juniors in. Is it the same at North London? Yeah, we've had a very productive season in terms of numbers, as we mentioned a couple of weeks back. Actually, last week, I think Alan mentioned that we had six sides. I'm not sure if it's correct. I'm sure I might have seen a tweet from which we might put a seven side this weekend. So it's, you know, the, the, the people want to play are playing. And it's always, yep. it's, a, it's been productive. What we've had over season, as I said, looking back a few sort of weeks, a couple of months ago, looked like we could be getting hardly anything. So it's been a great sort of six to sort of eight weeks in terms of what we've had. And obviously we have a sort of few weeks left to go in the season. So it's been, participant numbers obviously must be really high in, in, in most clubs. And that's been really sort of positive and excellent for, for all the clubs involved. Yep. Well, I know Winchmore Hill sent an email around the, mid- in the middle of last week saying they had 33 players but couldn't get them games. And they were just trying to put on an internal game and they were looking for a ground. And I thought, that's impressive. That's impressive. All the league sides they've got and they're still looking to try and get an extra two out for an internal game. Um, hats off there to those guys. They've done, they've done well. Um, so, Hill, anything else you want to throw in? I know you're involved in lots of different types of cricket. Did you want to give any of those a mention? Yeah, if it, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this chance. I, um, I have the dubious honour of uh, captaining the England and Wales solicitors team, which is which is a which is a motley crew. Um, I say motley, although uh, we usually have a few players from the Essex Prem, a couple, 
the last team we feel that a couple of old Hampstead boys and we, we we play something called the Lawyers Cricket World Cup every couple of years and and that's been in sort of all sorts of exotic places. So we had Brisbane and Colombo and New Zealand and we're off to the Caribbean uh, next year. Um, and as always, and I know there's a lot of talented uh, cricketers in the MCCL who also happen to moonlight as lawyers. Um, and so if, if if there is anyone who is keen for a game, is keen to tour, and it, it tends to be quite a high standard of cricket with uh, sort of, especially India and Pakistan, uh, sort of playing a few first-class cricketers. Um, Australia um, last time had what seemed like um, about four MCCL overseas playing in their eleven. Um, so, so, so it's a good good standard of cricket, but also some uh, japes and scrapes off the field. So if, if anyone is interested, uh, feel free to give me a shout. Sounds great. I mean, I, I can imagine that the, you know, the amount of people quizzing umpiring decisions there, you know, throwing the law book at them in, in great detail would be uh, an umpire's nightmare. But no, no I've, heard, I've heard about that team, actually, and I've heard about the standard being much better than that I guess people might initially assume. So I think, I think you're right to stress that, that it's actually some really good Good cricket. And, and people can just drop you a line. Your your contact details are on the Acton page of the MCCL site, right? Indeed. Yeah, so just just drop me a line. We've got we've got one game next weekend against the, the bar. Uh but then sort of uh, our thinking shifts to uh, the big tour next year and uh we're we're open to all, all suggestions and all, all nominations. Wow. Sounds brilliant. Sounds brilliant. The one thing I wanted to fling in, guys, is that um Eugene Berger, of course, puts puts all of these podcasts together. He's, he's listening in the background all the time when we record these things. Um, he, he he tells me we're now getting sort of you know three or four hundred um, unique hits a week on the podcast. Around eighty percent of those are in the UK and twenty percent are abroad. So um, we don't do it for the numbers, um, but at the same time, it is nice that, that that people do seem to listen a little bit, um, and that of course does throw up opportunities for advertising. And and many podcasts do have. Um, um, some sort of advertising that goes with them. We, 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 if anybody's listening and thinks, oh, that sounds like something I might want to do or my company might want to do, then then do drop me a line and I'll tell you I haven't got a clue how to organise it and I'll point you towards Eugene, but drop me a line in the first place and um, and we'd be very pleased to, to, to talk about that should anyone be, um, be interested. Folks, let's hope we have a bit less rain on Saturday, a bit more cricket um, and um, as we move towards the business end of the season, plenty more um, excitement. Thanks again for your contribution Sal um, Sahil best of luck moving forward and um, we'll reconvene next week cheers fellas thanks very much cheers, sir. cheers, cheers guys okay. bye